We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. Robin. A two-run home run. The Brewers take the lead. Morgan, a smash up the middle. Base hit the center. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Uh, we haven't been gone that long, Adam. Uh, we are just coming off the heels of an episode reviewing the Brewers infield. And a member of that infield has now been traded. So it's emergency podcast time. First of all, Adam. How you doing? Good to see you again so soon. <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, I guess this is the one that we'll be going out quickly too, so we'll pull back the curtain. Andrew and I set tonight up for a double recording session, and just as we started, that coat Mong was traded. So we are on uh, pod tree, just back to back to back, completely different subjects. We've done World Cup, we've done movies. And now here we are circling back to something that is very familiar for us, and that is Brewers podcasting. But I'm uh, I'm good. I'm excited to talk about it. Look, some things are happening. Matt Arnold is uh he's making some moves, and I don't know if I dislike them. I mean, it's at least signaling some changes. I don't think we want to see everything run back exactly the same, and I think this should clear a path for some some fun progression internally and who knows maybe we got lucky and we've got something real from the outside too yeah this is an interesting one because i think 
uh, I should say what the trade is first of all. But you should. Uh, that's a good place for the, to start. The the uh, Milwaukee Brewers have traded Colton Wong to the Seattle Mariners for, for uh, I'll call him a utility player, uh, Abraham Toro, but also outfielder DH candidate Jesse Winker, who was a 2021 All Star for the Cincinnati Reds, a season where he played 110 games, hit 305, 394, 556 with 24 homers. Um, then eventually was traded to the Seattle Mariners where last year he struggled. He's, he's the headliner in this deal. It's a, it's a major league ready player in Colton Wong for a major league ready player in Jesse Winker and Toro um, could factor into the roster by being kind of a, a utility guy. Seems like a really interesting candidate for the Jace Peterson type role. If, in fact, Bryce Terang is the opening day second baseman for the Brewers, maybe Terang's still in that utility role and Luisa Rios moves to second, as I talked about on the last episode. Who knows? There's a lot of offseason left to go, but this is yet another domino to fall that gives us an indication of what the Brewers are looking to do. I've seen a lot of, uh, as with most Brewers moves, I've seen a lot of mixed feelings on Twitter because... Uh, Jesse Winker had a tough 2022 with the Mariners, his first season there, uh, played in 136 games, tried to play through injury a lot. He had some knee stuff. He had some neck stuff. He hit 219, uh, 344, and I don't have the slug here because I'm getting the all oh, snap. Something went wrong. 344 on my, uh, as well. Yeah, 344 so OBP, dual, 344 slug. Perfect. So a 688 OPS, not great, um, but still that 344 OBP in a down year. Uh, would have looked pretty good on the Brewers, but injuries were the were the story of his season. He recently had uh, knee surgery, some meniscus surgery, and then he also recently had neck surgery to clear up uh, those issues. Um, as Adam McAlvey has reported, he is uh, going to be cleared to begin baseball activity in January. So it was a meniscus in the left knee, disc replacement surgery in his neck. Has had a very productive career to this point except for last season injuries have been the thing that have held him back um but it's a very interesting move and one that i one that i've come out on the positive end it's it's another lottery ticket the way i describe it for the brewers he's uh under contract for 2023 only and then will become a free agent and i would expect him to be the full-time dh this year which is one of three positions at which the Brewers struggled to find any kind of offensive consistency. If he's healthy, if he's even close to what he was at his best, this is a move that makes the Brewers better in the lineup and, and answers a big question. There is that risk of injury. So I understand why some people are hesitant after the really tough 2022 that he experienced, but I'm entering into the rest of this off season with some positive vibes. And I think, there hasn't been a ton of that lately from us here, but I'm optimistic well, from Adam, us. Yeah, surely not. We're always positive. O- Optimus Andy is logged on for today. Oh, <laughs> uh, the thing that strikes me looking here at Jesse Winger's numbers, obviously last year was a problem. And uh, when your off season involves knee and neck surgery, I mean, it may not be impossible to get to the root of that problem. You just got to hope he comes to your side of that things are resolved. But 
Yeah, I mean, working backwards, 949, 932, 830, 836, 904 OPS, season to season for his career. Uh, yeah, we will take that on the Brewers team. Like, I, I do think that is a flyer worth worth making this move for in particular because they clearly really like Bryce Terang and they want to free up opportunities and get him involved right away. Uh, we saw the drop off with Colton. For a lot of the good that was brought there, like this would certainly, if he had have stuck around, this would have been the last hurrah. So to flip that for something that could potentially give you real value, um, like even meeting halfway there would be pretty good for the Brewers. And there's every chance that he could do better than meet halfway because it's it's just it's not someone where it's like oh yeah well you had a 949 OPS the season before last and then you look before that and there's like okay low 800s and there's a six something 650 and then there's a seven no he has been 830 plus OPS his entire career with the exception of last year where we know for sure he was very much hurt so yeah this feels very much like you've got nothing to lose here this is a a no-brainer flyer to take, and I'm glad they took this. I mean, some of the reports were, I think it was Jeff Passan of ESPN, that like there were multiple teams in on Colton Wong, and the Brewers were feeling all sorts of scenarios. There were plenty of three-team options on the table, and this is ultimately what they decided to go for. We'll see if any of those other details kind of trickle out over time, but it's not hard to see why this is what they would go for, given their weaknesses, and given Winker's profile and his track record. It's like... If you trust in your own medical team, and I also assume you've seen the medical records, you've seen how the knee surgery went and the next surgery is going, and you're like, yeah, okay, we feel good about this. This is a trade I think you make every day of the week. Yeah, and I think, you know, we are quick to call out the Brewers when they're doing something that we would deem as a, a cost-cutting move. And... There was a degree of that with the Josh Hader trade, given what he would be projected to earn in arbitration this year. There was a degree of that with the Hunter Renfro trade, given what he would be projected to earn in arbitration this year. But uh, they're sending cash with Colton Wong to Seattle to balance out the deals at $1.75 million. I think uh, Winker was due to make uh, $8.25 or, or something in that. Some of that Disney money, Andrew. Yeah, it's the, it's the Disney money. So this is a a like for like in terms of money shaking out here. So I that tells me that they're buying into Winker being a real factor on this team. Otherwise, they probably would have flipped Wong for help in the bullpen or something like that, or just like uh, prospects that they uh, have talked themselves into. So. I would expect him to slot in at DH. He has not been good defensively over the last few years, metrically speaking. And I think based on some of the chatter I've read from Mariners blogs over the last couple hours, uh, it's, that seems to be the consensus. So I would assume he'll get some time in the outfield like Andrew McCutcheon did last year as well, but he would expect to be that primary DH. Um, yeah. And I think we're, we're in agreement with this is a move you make Uh Finances are always going to be a factor um, when the Brewers are making decisions around the roster. And if you can get a a DH like Jesse Winker when he's healthy and 
in his best form for that price point, I think that's that's a no brainer move and it makes your lineup better. And you know, they that's something that we've long said that they need to address. And so until we get the reports in the spring that rehab is not going well and he's not going to be available, um, I, I'm I'm happy with the move. Um, some other uh, points of note from Adam McCalvey and speaking with Matt Arnold about the deal, um, wouldn't or Matt Arnold didn't commit to who the front runner is for second base with Wong Gong, uh, Terang or someone else. Whether Winker will in fact be in the outfield or just a full-time DH a lot of offseason ahead and moves to be made and that will determine where all the puzzle pieces end up fitting in uh one thing that they said about Abraham Toro so Toro is a Canadian um switch hitter plays second base third base he's uh got innings at first base He's got innings in the outfield in a pinch. And when I say innings in the outfield, I think it's literally two total innings uh, for his career there. So more of a utility infielder than anything else. Uh, A guy who across, according to McAlvey, again, over 1,700 minor league plate appearances has a career 835 OPS, but has not really put it together at the big league level. He spent... um, parts of two seasons in 2019 and 2020 with Houston uh, spent 2021 uh, and 2020 and the second half of 2021 with Houston and then Seattle. And then last year entirely with Seattle played 109 games, 352 plate appearances and, and struggled uh, at the plate career in the big leagues, 913 plate appearances, 206, 276, 345 for a uh, 621 OPS 74 career OPS plus uh, 26 homers. Uh, So more of a depth piece in my mind, Uh, obviously has had success at the plate at the minor league level and has never been able to put it together at the major league level, but switch hitter can play a lot of different positions. So somebody that uh, when the Brewers find themselves in an injury crunch and need a guy just to fill innings at various defensive positions might be how he factors into the season. So we'll see how that progresses from there. But um, can I can I ask the Brewers? A yeah, like does the guy with a six twenty one OPS fit in anywhere? Um, well, as we as we saw from going through the uh, infield uh, last night, sometimes they have to. <laughs> He's not going to be like, an everyday player. Were, or anything. Uh, yeah, but I I don't know. I just that's uh He's a throw in really in this deal. Like I, I don't. Maybe there's something there and they see something and they feel like something can come of it. And if that's the case, great. Um, but even just kind of the idea of him as kind of a utility option somewhere. It's like, I don't know. 631 OPS is not good. And particularly for this Brewers team, that would be a problem. Um, I, I mean, the the other thing, I mean, Alex Jackson was outright to Nashville. So he's off the 41 roster. So we're... I can't keep making my, if you've got four catchers, have you got any? But they do have three catchers, and I'm still not sure if they've got any. Um, there are infield moves coming still, though, and decisions to be made. And Toro obviously factors into that, but they've just obviously prevented Brasso going to arbitration. He's coming back, as we talked about in the last pod. So it's like, what are you going to do with Keston? That just feels like a shoe that's you to drop. 
John Singleton is an interesting one. His place in the 40 man and what plays out there. Like, do they actually see something or is that something you're doing in the moment? Like Toro is just the latest guy kind of added to that mix. We all feel confident that this is Bryce Durang time. I think it has I'm to be sold. now. I'm not sold. But really? I'm not not that I'm not sold on him as a player. I but just you're don't not sold that the Brewers do that. But they don't they don't currently have the options. Like so okay, if Weicho goes to second. They they they're they're scenarios where don't tell me Brasso and Keston and Toro. Justin Tur- Justin Turner on a one year deal. Okay. Um, yeah. Brandon Jury. So I'm not I'm if the roster in in terms of infield signings remains the same or trades as what it is now, I think it's nailed on Weicho at third and Terang at second. But I don't know. I think I, I don't have a problem with that though. Like uh, the idea of a steady hand coming in, someone who is maybe not gonna excite us, but is a like I, I don't think that's the worst thing. I also don't want to see Terang have to be thrown in as an everyday starter and he struggles early on. It becomes a nightmare season and his development is ruined. Like I don't want to see that either. So uh, that would that would be encouraging because right now, like the options are tin on the ground. It really does feel like it's just him because we don't want to see Brasso really. I mean, he has played there and it's not been great. And we certainly don't want to see Keston over on that side. And I don't know if we'll see Keston at all. And then Toro, yeah, maybe he could do the job defensively, but we just talked about his offense. So like that is the spot where it's kind of like, okay, they probably do need to get someone else off. They get someone who they're comfortable with starting and Terang could be worked in a little bit more gently. Like that's probably sensible. It's not as exciting, but I don't have an issue if they go that route. Yeah. There's not a lot of compelling third base options on the market, but there are some that I could see them trying out and, and hoping you get one more year out of a guy uh, in a way that's slightly above the Andrew McCutcheon move last year in terms of, what these guys have been able to produce. So Justin Turner is one of those options. I think he had Long-time a time Brewers target too. Yeah, exactly. Fl- flirtation with the Brewers before deciding to re up with the Dodgers. Uh, Yammer Candelero is no longer an option signed a one year deal with Washington. Brandon jury, obviously a guy we've talked about a bunch. He's got uh, defensive uh, versatility can play second or third base. Um, but there's been people that have been skeptical about his breakout year and what the regression looks like there. Evan Longoria, uh, another uh, older third baseman, um, spent the last few seasons uh, with the San Francisco Giants. It's been said that he's looking to go to a contender. If they opt for the second base option, you've got guys like uh, Jean, uh, Gene Shigura, Adam Frazier, Josh Harrison. I don't know if any of those are necessarily more compelling there. But they're just direction, stopgap options I could see them opting for before committing to going with rookies in so many different positions because you're factoring that in for at least one or two outfield positions. There's a lot of uncertainty about the offensive production at catcher. It seems like now you've got DH sorted health uh, notwithstanding, but I don't know if you want to go rookie starting second baseman, rookie starting center fielder, rookie starting right fielder, and then – your catching tandem is, uh, I don't know, Victor Caratini and uh, Feliciano. I think they will look to make a meaningful offensive upgrade at at least third base catcher or maybe one of the outfield spots. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. I think one of the outfield spots, like when you look at the 40, man, Garrett Mitchell, Blake Perkins, Sestavery Reeves, Tyrone Taylor, Jesse Winkler, and Yelich, or Jesse Winker, I should say. Um, That's... I it's it's interesting. It's a lot more provocative than honestly I was prepared for a few weeks ago, making the Renfro move as quickly as they have. Now bring Jesse Winker in and like Blake Perkins is a great unknown there, and I don't know if we should really be putting too much stock in him in that larger discussion. Like in the months ahead, could that change? I don't know. Um, but that's a weird group. I, I think you're like even looking at that if you're like, oh, we feel good with what we have here. You'd be putting a lot on Garrett Mitchell, like taking the jump and being an everyday starter almost based on what you saw late last season or being like, oh, well, it really is a Steve Reese's time. He's ready. Like those kind of things, which like both of those could be true, but we know what we got from Yelich. Maybe, maybe we'll end up playing the game again. It's like, oh, there's something better could have happened. But I think at this point, we're probably all pretty accepting of what the reality is there. And Tyrone Taylor is also a story that I think Brewers fans have seen before. He, We know he can do a lot of good, but we also know where the issues lie there. So outfield is certainly an area of concern, maybe not at infield level and certainly not a catcher. Like if that's, if you're probably ranking, I think catchers working out what you're doing there has got to be priority number one. And then it's probably a second or third baseman. And then you're looking at another outfielder. One thing that this trade 
has signaled to me just because of the the makeup of it and Winker being the primary thing you're getting in return is the fear of them completely selling and going into a rebuild mode has left my mind. I listen to a lot of other baseball podcasts. There's one uh, Red Sox podcast I listen to, and they're just all in on like, let's go get one of Burns or Woodruff. Like we can take Yelich's contract if we have to. Like, and I think that's been the perception from fans of other baseball teams that have been seeing what the Brewers are doing. Um, and they're like, oh, yep, they're you know they're done spent spending money uh willie adamas is actually the biggest one of those where every time i open my twitter feed i feel like there's some other team it's like oh this team has their eye on Willie yeah i'm like that's great that's great for you dodgers and braves it's like you can eye him all you want like he's he's not available he's not going anywhere and yeah exactly braves fans have really been trying to take him from me and that that would not be good for my mental health but uh i mean bob nightingale a guy who's track record as a reporter is hit or miss he's had some hits he's also well, he was a grain of salt here yeah um but his tweets following those up are the brewers who have been shopping colton wong all winter are now telling teams that they are keeping aces corbin burns and brandon woodruff they're unavailable in trades the brewers also plan to keep willie adamas and you know source notwithstanding uh it's comforting <laughs> to a degree uh and I, I mean, this is what I've always believed for this offseason. Like, I had a feeling there would be moves that uh, some fans didn't like and that they would have to, you know, take into account certain uh, arbitration filings and what they expected to have to, to pay guys into moves they would make. And that is why I think for the longest time we've known Renfro was going since probably mm-hmm. September and then... Colton Wong, at I think the initial instinct was they're just not going to pick up the option, and then as soon as the option was picked up, it's like, okay, he could be traded. So I don't think either of those have come as a surprise, and it also does not come as a surprise to me now that they're uh, probably not going to move any of the core core guys that they, they want to build this 2023 20, team around. Matt Arnold obviously gave some general manager speak well, when discussing this, but uh, again, per Adam McAvey, Arnold said, I'm not going to talk about any trade speculation on players specifically. What I can say is that those are guys that are very core to our franchise, and we intend to build around that group to do the best we can in 2023. And I choose to believe that now because I have to for <laughs> for my own sanity. But I also think it was always the most likely scenario. Uh, guy on an expiring deal in Renfro, um, guy on an expiring deal in Colton Wong, get what you can for them and and move on from there. Whether or not you agree with the value they got back varies from fan to fan. But what you do next now is just incredibly important because you've solved one issue if healthy. Jesse Winker should be your DH. He mashes right-handed hitting um, when he's at his best. Um, good plate discipline but you've got these obvious areas that we've been talking about in the bullpen and catcher center field, uh, maybe second base or third base. There's going to be opportunity to continue to get creative with acquisitions you might make, a trading from a wealth of talent in the outfield, making a free agent signing for a stopgap op- stop ga- stop option at third base that's still a meaningful upgrade that gives you 
versatility elsewhere on the off uh, roster with Arias and Terang. Um, so this trade for that reason is comforting to me. And I, we have not been shy about criticizing when we have to criticize, but um, I'm cautiously optimistic about what the rest of the offseason brings. Like, uh, I think at the baseline level, what you got to appreciate here is the Renfro deal and the Wong deal is good asset management. There is certainly an element of the Renfro deal, which is wait and see, and we have to hope that works out more. I mean, there's wait and see in the, the Wong deal for different reasons, too, for for health reasons. Um, but I... I think it's the smart way to go about it where it's like, you look at both guys' age, you look at their profile, you look at where your team is at. You look at the best prospects in your farm. Like that's why Colton made sense to move on. That's why it made sense a mile out. You're like Hunter Renfro one year left. And there's just like this whole army of outfielders waiting to burst through the door. Like, yeah, go get something while they can and try to address the areas of need. So I'm glad to see them do that. Um, this is certainly a deal that with Winker, I think there's some reason to be excited. The health is still concerning. I'll be honest. I will not just be placated by, oh, he's used to be back in January, and that's great. And they must feel like he's gonna be a contributor because they gave up money. That's great. Like we'll need to see it. We'll need to see it, and I hope uh he's healthy, and I hope we see something that is in line with every season of his career before last year. But I, I think he's someone with a real track record that is more than worth that flyer, particularly if you believe in Terang. Because if the worst case scenario is he's not healthy or he looks like he did last year, well, then all you've done is you've moved Colton Wong and you've made room for Bryce Terang to get like started on his journey right now. And you're not, you're not hurting yourself otherwise. And I think that's a good place from where you can take a bit of a flyer and as flyers go, this feels like a good one. Like I, I think this is higher upside than I expected. Most moves of this ilk that the Brewers could make this season to have. Yeah, I would agree. I, I for the longest time, I've been thinking that they would use Wong to bolster the bullpen or Renfro to bolster the bullpen, which I guess they kind of did. That was more of a organizational pitching depth, giving you a potential sixth or seventh starter we'll call it and then uh a couple of bullpen flyers um yeah i guess another aspect of this is obviously saying goodbye to colton wong signed with the brewers uh before the 2021 season on a two-year 18 million dollar deal had that club option for this year which the brewers picked up so two seasons in milwaukee after spending eight seasons as a st louis cardinal uh, across his 250 games as a Brewer, 262, 337, 439, or 776 OPS, um, 29 homers, obviously in 2021, uh, played well defensively, and in 2022 took a large step back. But overall, I think his time with the Brewers can be seen as a positive in terms of his contributions, and um, obviously... We gave him a, a C-plus in this week's infield review, and now the Brewers will have to see what comes next at second base. Uh, Terang, Arias, and uh, Mystery Box are the three options there. And if 
if they don't make a meaningful addition to third base or second base, um, at the very least, we'll have uh, a prospect to be excited about in Bryce Terang because you, you know how we love to talk about prospects on this podcast, especially when the Brewers are struggling because you can project them into whatever you want them to be before they've played a major league game. Listen, Jackson Cheerio's coming. It's just a matter of time, Andrew. He's coming. Um, can and do you believe, like, can the Brewers flip Kessin Hura into something of some interest? Is there, I know we've hypothetically talked, and you're like, oh, there's probably some team out there that sees what he's done. And is like, yeah, he'll work for us. It's one thing to say that, but do you think the Brewers will find that team that maybe there is an equivalent prospect who's not quite working for someone else, but we could have this change of scenery deal where, I don't know, maybe it's an infielder, maybe it's an outfielder, maybe it's another kind of proven bullpen arm, whatever it might be. Can the Brewers get a useful player and finally move on from Castanera? Because... That, to me, is the most obvious next move when I look at what's there. I'm like, okay, you've dealt with Renfro, you've dealt with Wong. Keston is next on the list and maybe should be higher for some other reasons than those two guys were even. I think he's the next, uh, if he's the next to go, it'll be a for a Javi Guerra or an Elvis Peguero type, where it's a pitcher that has great stuff, and you can talk yourself into the projectability and it in terms of numbers and performance at the big league level to this point, it's not been there. I think that's kind of the challenge trade that could be made for Keston Hira. The Brewers pitching lab talks themselves into fixing a pitcher that's struggled and some other team is like, Keston Hira strikes out a lot, but boy, he hits absolute tanks. And that's kind of how it shakes out. Um, whether or not that'll happen, God knows whether or not he'll be a throw-in in a larger deal with prospects to acquire something even more meaningful. I don't know, but that what it's really difficult to predict what's the next uh, shoe to drop, so to speak here, because there's you know trades to be made by someone do I expect to be the Brewers in on a Sean Murphy or one of the Toronto catchers? I don't know, but Keston is either a challenge trade for a talented reliever or a lottery ticket throw in and a deal headlined by other more enticing prospects is something that is not hard to imagine anyway. Is there anything else you've got your eye on in terms of players and disruptors? Is there anyone else you're thinking maybe that's who Dale Dangle or that's stage? Um, there's only one player I could see them, uh, entertaining offers for, uh, that would, I think would be noteworthy and a little bit surprising if it happens. And that would be Eric Lauer because, um, there's been some, uh, obviously there's been a lot of chatter about his home run issues last year and how in terms of just if you go to his baseball savant page and you look at his his pitch mix and his pitches that are most effective, it's it's really only that zoom ball fastball that um, really flummoxes hitters. So some debate on the timeline about should Lauer go to the bullpen and in the Discord we've had this conversation too, or should he stay in the rotation? And I 
if they think those homer problems are here to stay, I could see them trying to see what they could get for Lauer. That being said, I really love him staying as the fourth starter because I think he's perfect for that role. And I personally had always last season thought that the uncharacteristic homer luck was just one of the flukes of baseball. It's something I could see being discussed, and then they go with Ashby and Hauser in the back half of the rotation, or they're, they're who knows, Jansen Junk uh, really is uh, what they think he's going to be, and he's the, the number five starter. So that's something that I think is realistic, something I hope does not happen because I just prefer all of the... So you picked up or you avoided arbitration and kept Hauser for a reason. You acquired Junk for a reason. You've got Ashby. But you've got Lauer, you've got your your three uh, aces that you hope will be healthy. I think just hold tight to that starting pitching depth, and particularly and after last out. year. Like, yeah, exactly. Maybe that's a reason why they have kind of stocked up more, and maybe where it feels like uh, you could look at it and be like, someone must be the odd man out. The counter to that is no. Maybe this year they just really want to make sure they don't end up decimated by injuries and having to really dig deep into the system where the depth isn't there. On a broader level, though, it's just it would not surprise me to see them trade anybody that isn't those three that Bob Nightingale discussed because clearly they have a willingness to like make something happen when they really believe it, and that was... And when we say they, you're now talking about Matt Arnold, which is also different, and he may be... We said this all along. He he may have some ideas and be more aggressive on this than we expected. Like these are pretty two pretty significant deals, like early enough off the mark in what's a slow moving market. Like winter meetings, there'll be opportunities if he wants to do more, if he is feeling like that. So I think that's valid. Yeah, I mean, who knows? We could be talking to you uh, from a New York hotel room next Wednesday, and Matt Arnold's just been wheeling and dealing all week, making uh, trades we didn't see coming and signings we didn't see coming. Uh, I I have a tendency to believe they'll listen about, about just about anything. Um, I mean, how many times before the hater trade last? I know it's David Stern's obviously led baseball operations there, but Arnold definitely. He a, was a, a voice factor. in the room. Sure. Yeah, he's a factor in what's going on. And then eventually it happens. Um, and so that seeing that happen with less important pieces of the team right now to do something that they think will make them better in 2023. I wouldn't rule out any, anything at this point um, except for the the big, like, sweeping change that changes the core of who we all view as they're probably three most important players on the team right now. All right, I think that does it. That's a slightly shorter, sweeter than usual episode, but notable trade, an interesting return, and uh, a popular and productive brewer departing too, so it seemed worthwhile to do a quick hitter, get some reaction out there. We will be back next week with our outfield grades. That is up next for us. And uh, yeah, if there's any other news between now and then, I guess we'll have that in there too. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That's Cruising for a Bruising for all episodes of the pod for all of your Milwaukee Brewers needs. You should also be on top of all things across the Eurostep Podcast Network, the main Eurostep Podcast Network feed. 
That's where you'll find the Eurostep with Tywin DeSharon Caddy and winning six with myself and Jordan Tresky. All things Milwaukee books covered between the two pods. Talk of the Tundra. That will give you Jordan Numac covering all things Green Bay Packers. And I'll make time for this. You want World Cup? You want movies? You want TV? You want music? We get to as much of it as we can over there. It's mostly Andrew and I. We're going to bully some of the other guys into getting involved soon, I'm sure. Um, but go and subscribe. Make time for this. That's where all kind of non-Wisconsin sports things are to be found from us here at GSPN2. GSPN.info for any details on those pods, to get in the Discord, to pick up merch, whatever it might be. I'm at Adabigay11, Andrew's at AC Snide. We're at Brewers GSPN on Twitter. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.